sustainable agriculture. The massive agriculture industry feeds billions of people but also contributes heavily to the climate change. How do we employ more sustainable agriculture practice and maintain our ability to feed 10.7 billion people plus 2 billion more by 2050? Now we are going to talk about the promising opportunities to change the ways in which we grow food. Today we are talking about food, how we grow it and an impact on the climate. Science factory farming took off after the industrial revolution the way we use the land and the scale of the work has changed dramatically. Now we have a massive industry that feeds billions of people, but the success of the growing food to accommodate an ever-growing population has had consequences. Agriculture is now one of the largest sources of greenhouse gases and about a quarter of all its climate pollution is produced by growing crops and related use of the land. That includes clear cutting of forests for grazing or methane from cattle and the vast amounts of fossil fuels and chemicals it often takes to run a farm. At the same time, the warning is changing growing seasons and giving rise to viruses and pests. As this change takes hold, we are now seeing a way of new effort to use more sustainable methods to feed the planet, 7.7 billion people. With the population expected to solve by another 2 billion by 2050, there is an increasing urgency for sweeping changes to how we grow our food. There are four big problems facing us from this perspective. One is that the population is growing faster than agricultural production is growing. So, if we want to feed 10 billion, by 10 billion people by 2050, we need to do something differently. Two is that the current methods of agriculture are consuming a lot more of the resources that we can offer to devote to that. Three is that the current methods of agriculture are producing less and less healthy food. As we focus on volume instead of quality, as one might expect, the quality goes down. And finally, farmers are, aren't making any money. About 14% of the people on the planet are somehow involved in agriculture, and surprisingly, large number of them live below poverty line today. As I said before, nowadays farmers focus more on volume instead of quality. For change this, we have to give more value add to the products elaborated in a sustainable way. It is true that in some situations, be sustainable is equal to being profitable. But with the new method, farmers could save money, for example, applying integrated pest management, that is the use of natural or biological methods of control the pests, integrated livestock and crops, that is making a mix of the two types of productions, animals and plants, and the third method, it is adopting agroforestry practices, that is planting trees to protect the plantations or the crops from the wind, and at the same time, we are absorbing the carbon dioxide. Uh, there are two ways we could approach this problem that farmers don't want to produce in a sustainable way. We could provide economic incentive for the behavior that we want, or we could provide regulations to try to restrict the behaviors we don't want. In my opinion, the way we solve this problem is providing incentives that we want than rather the regulation to prevent because with regulations, uh, we are not going to control uh, very strictly. We can do that both from the government side and from the consumers and consumer-focused brands. What the government do not have to do is to put obstacles in production. What is generated is that it becomes difficult to produce and with the lead to a strike in the fight, which is equal to a shortage of products. 
as is the case today in Argentina with the closure of the mixed export to generate a decrease in the price, which led livestock producers to make the decision not to sell the animals. One of the examples of incentives is the United States of the Department of Agriculture that incentivates to get farmers to lay some of the land fallow or to rotate crops, do things that they haven't been doing to of late, installing barriers to stop erosion so I am not sure what the uptake of that has been, but it is a step in the right direction to give farmers a financial incentive to treat the land well. I do agree that if we are going to take the carbon out of the atmosphere, it obviously has to go somewhere. The moment it is going into the oceans or staying there, the land is an obvious place. If we could put some of the, three, the trees back, a lot of has been clear cut over the last 14 years of whatever, what is obviously another great possible thing, but the land is definitely an opportunity. One of the most interesting things here from my perspective is the power that agriculture has to fundamentally impact in climate change for the better. So we talk about the way it contributes to the problem, but the ability of agriculture soil to sequester atmospheric carbon, CO2, is enormous. To put it in perspective, if we could take every acre of earth that is cultivated and get it from where it is today, which is about 1% carbon up to around 3 carbon, which is probably where it was before we cultivated, we could capture every molecule of CO2 or carbon dioxide that human beings have put in the atmosphere since the beginning of the industrial revolution. Now, there is a lot of assumptions in their, in their obviously, but it gives you a sense of the size of the potential solution here. Agricultural soils are an enormous potential sink for atmospheric carbon. If we, if we were, for example, to pay farmers to practice agriculture, in such a way that it sequesters carbon and we know how to do it, something like $20 per ton of dioxide, carbon dioxide, I think will provide the right incentives. We could see an enormous shift in farming practices towards methods that sequester carbon in the soil. To conclude this podcast, I would like to say that if we support sustainable techniques tomorrow, the global pollution will decrease.